G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Outside of World Cups, it's become the biggest tournament in town, certainly from a financial point of view. The IPL is a beast that generates genuine hype and excitement, especially when you have countrymen involved and achieving. Simon Dool, Dooley, has established himself as one of the leading voices in world cricket, and he's had a front row seat to see Stephen Fleming and Baz McCullum coach their sides through to the IPL final in two very different fashions. Dooley is with us this morning. G'day, Dooley. Izzy, how are you, buddy? I'm good, mate. I'm good. How are you going? Yeah, all right, thank you. All right, just uh, sort of, we're, we're having a, a, a pre-final get-together in uh, Sonny Gavaskar's room with the uh, the whiskey and the wine are out, and we're just sort of chatting all things IPL, getting ourselves primed and ready for uh, for tomorrow night, mate. Lubing the, lubing the vocal cords up, uh, uh, Izzy, and, and getting ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the only way to do it, mate. How's this whole experience been for you? Like, obviously going from India, you've been over in the Caribbean, now you're in the UAE. How, how's the whole IPL experience? It's been a, been a bit of a cracker, isn't it? Yeah, it has been. Look, it, it's um, it's just the, the sort of the norm now for us is these bubbles, this isolation stuff. Um, we're only getting in the car to go to the ground and then we're straight back to the hotel. Hotels are all cordoned off um, from, from any of the outside public um you know we've got our own sort of gym areas our own little um meeting rooms or, or function rooms if we want to uh, to get together and we've got pool tables and table tennis tables and foosball and all that sort of stuff coffee machine set up so look it's um oh, it's just mate. life as we know it now it's it's fairly, <laughs> not doing it tough, it's fairly normal mate <laughs> no well it's look it, it's it, the hardest thing is not being able to get outside and i mean i, I think that's what yeah some New Zealanders are, are found in the, you know, in the lockdown sort of situations as well, haven't they? When, when you can't go out and you can't leave your home, and the only time you do is to go to work, and then you know, so there's none of that. But I mean, at the end of the day, mate, I've still got a job, and um, and it's one of the best jobs yeah. in the world, and we get to uh, we get to sort of watch some pretty good cricket. So look, if if I was complaining, I'd be, um, you know, I'd be in the wrong game, mate, because it's as I say, there's so many people that have done it tough. Um, through COVID, through the last year and a half, two years, there's a lot, a lot of people have done a lot tougher than I have. So I've got nothing to complain about. Yeah, great words, Dooley. And I, look, I'm taking a moment to feel for Izzy because his co-host Baz is shot off to make billions in, in the IPL. <laughs> You're sitting in a room with Sunil Gavaskar and Izzy's just got me sitting here looking back down at the line. It's, it's, it's slightly different company, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh, hey, don't put yourself Ooh. down, Louis. I mean, you, you are the brother of a, of a you know, of a, of a football fan. Yeah, that's now. right, yeah. You know, I mean, hey, you've got to lift, you got to lift your station a little bit higher, brother. <laughs> Thanks, totally appreciate that, mate. It's great to be in company with greatness, that's all I can say. Hey, um, talk to us about Baz's Night Riders. When this competition restarted, what was the situation? Was it dire, and, and did anyone think that they could resurrect their season like this? Oh, I don't think so. Um, you know, we, we all know Baz well enough to, to know what the team talk would have been. And we've seen the social media stuff. But even knowing him personally, it would have been exactly that. It would have been, you know, boys, what if? You know, just, just think about 
the legacy that you could create if you do this. Not not necessarily if you win it, but if we can make those playoffs, if we can make that final. Just think about how good that will feel. Think about what that will do for you. Not for me, not for anyone else. You know, look in the mirror and think about what it'll do for you. And, and, and coaching at this level, and as you know so well, mate, I mean, coaching at the top level, it's not about teaching a bloke to pass left and right or teaching a bloke to tackle. Yeah. If you don't know how to play a cover drive or bowl a ball in the block hole or bowl an outswinger or an inswinger, uh, you know, at this stage of your career, there's something wrong. This is not about coaching. This is purely and simply about man management and getting the best out of your players and understanding what makes Izzy Dag tick, what makes uh, you know a, a, a player in the Kolkata Knight Riders tick, what makes Lockie Ferguson tick, you know what makes Venkatesh Iyer tick. That, that's all it is. That, that's what it's about. How do I yep. get the best out of these blokes? How do I give them the tools to make them walk out onto that park and say, you know, I, I can do this. I can, you know, he, he's told me I can do this. And, and so you go out there and you express yourself. Because if you're, if you're having to coach at this level, you're kind of in the wrong game. You will tinker with things. You'll, you know, there'll be some questions. I'm sure you've, you've gone to a coach in the past and said, you know, I've just, I'm struggling with this. Can you help me? Yep, absolutely, I can help you with that. But 95% of it is man management, learning your players, understanding what it takes to get the best out of them. And he has done exactly that. They're seven from nine in the UAE. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm stoked because at the start of the IPL, and we're going back to April, I mm. said they would win it. I oh. said that, I, I picked Kolkata to win the comp. And I've got a couple of mates wow. with some reasonable money on them to win the comp <laughs> tomorrow. Now, now they're not going to blame me if they lose, but they are going to say, at the time, the eights that are now twos look pretty good. What about the 32s that we missed in the middle? <laughs> well, that was the key. The 32s in the middle. If you, if you had any, you know, if you had any sort of foresight, you might have got the 32s in the middle. But I don't know that anyone would have been too too keen on that at the time and you know it took one one change of personnel really i mean venkatesh is the only guy that's really changed on that side obviously pat cummins going and Lockie ferguson having more of a role but i mean they've done it without andre russell um mm. and it's just a team that has gelled together they've done it without a captain scoring runs who's been a brilliant captain but i mean as far as contributions with runs on the board there's been nil from him um, you know, Dinesh Kartik hasn't had the best of times in the second half. It's been, um, yeah, it's been a very interesting way of going about it. They've done it with some young kids and some, you know, and some experienced internationals. And, and who are the players that really stood out? From watching from afar, Vinkatesh uh, Ayer, he has been outstanding from the get-go. He's showing some aggressive batting, which is never fear the air. That's, that's led from the from the um, coach himself, mate. Have you been, who else has been impressing you with the Calcutta Knight Riders? Um, Varun Chakravarti's been brilliant. So in the nine games that they have played in the UAE, Chakravarti has not conceded more than 26 runs in any spell of four overs, which is just, yeah. in this game, that is next-level brilliance. So he has been one 18 of the standouts for me. Yep. And, and hasn't conceded more than 26 runs in any spell of four overs. Now, over nine games, that's just, that is next level, mate. I mean, you've you, you got, you got a banker like that in your side. Great. Narine has stood up with the ball more so. Um, so, Narine in this, this back half, he stood up more with the ball. Shubman Gill and Venkatesh Iyer, that, that combination at the top has been brilliant. And then they've just had little cameos from 
you know, my mate last night, Rahul Tripathi, come to the Tripathi. Um, you know, <laughs> it was brilliant last night. Um, oh. and, and, you know, and, and every now and then it's been a Nitish Rana. Lockie's been outstanding. I mean, he has been possibly the quick bowler um, of the second half. Um, and I know you'll, I, I won't put Harshal Patel in the quick bowling category. He's got 32 wickets in the tournament, but he's more of an off-pace bowler. But Lockie has been the quick bowler of the second half yeah. of the tournament. Um, Shiva Marvi, the young kid, has been really good. So they've just had contributions all across the park at different times, um, you know, to win them games. So what about Flemo on the other side um, then, Dooley? Just the model of consistency, the calm, steady hand, right? It's just vast experience. It's, it's just the experience of that um, Chennai Super King side. And, you know, uh, again, Dhoni finished the game off the other night when he had to. He came in ahead of Ravi Jadeja, which was just, uh, it was a shock to me. I was commentating, and I said it at the time, I said, I can't believe he's come out now ahead of Jadeja, but now he has come out. He's got to win the game for them, and he went ahead and did it. Um, but they have got the experience of, you know, of a Faf Duplessis, Raidu, who's played hundreds and hundreds of games, Dhoni, Jadeja. Um, these guys have played a lot of cricket, Deepak Chaha. Um, so they've just got that, that wealth of experience, um, which sometimes going into finals certainly helps. But the, the one thing about Kolkata is that they've only been to two finals and they've won them both. Mm. So they don't have any experience in losing a final. They won it in 12, they won it in 14, and they're the only two finals they've been to. This is Chennai's ninth time in the, in the IPL final, which in itself is a is an unbelievable record. It kind of, it, it, you know, it says to Stephen Fleming, you've got a job for life. Um, to me, he, he bows out of coaching Chennai when he wants to bow out. He doesn't, there's no successor to Stephen Fleming. He's coaching that team for life if he wants to on, on a very good wicket. And and that's because of his relationship with Dhoni, his relationship with the franchise, and just his calm nature and, and, and his sort of ability to get, again, the best out of players. Yeah, I love that. I've been able to spend a few times with with Flem on the on the fairways, mate, and he's just so calm. And like you say, he's got a real understanding. Yeah. He says some pretty uh, like out the out the gate kind of comments on the on the field. He gets real deep, and I'm like, mate, we've just started yeah. golf. Don't get so deep early. But he's so he's trying good. to get like, early as the eight. He's trying to get into your head early. It's the only way he can beat me, mate. It's the only way he can beat me. Um, He tries to to make you overthink maybe your golf game or sports (laughs) philosophy. And and that's how that's the only way he can win because he's got that ugly sort of over-the-top, in-and-out swing that those (laughs) filthy little high cuts. And they're just no... I mean, he should play golf left-handed. He was such an elegant left-hander, but trying to watch him play right-handed, it just does my head in. Yeah, oh mate, cohesion's his favourite word. He uses that all the time. It's big, been a pretty important, big part of his success. Let's talk about this final, mate. How do you see this final playing out? Oh, look, the, the, the sad thing, fellas, is when we were in um, in Sharjah last night, is the dew just had a bit of a, an effect on the game. Yeah. And, um, what we've noticed now is as the temperature cools at night, obviously the dew it takes more effect and. And I just don't mm. want this to be a final that you win the toss and you bowl first and you win the game. And and it, it, I hope it's not like that. I hope the um, you know I hope the sort of the umpires have a bit more common sense and just start throwing sort of used balls out about the tenth, twelfth, fourteenth, sixteenth over, just to make it a fairly yeah. even contest. It's the best wicket. Um, I think Toby at that, um, the, the Dubai Stadium's done a great job in the last couple of games in particular to produce that 
those 170, 180 type surfaces. So it's not going to be a charger type pitch, which is low and slow and pretty average. Um, so you're going to be seeing, I think, the best the best batting side and the best stroke mm-hmm. makers win. Now, for me, um, Chen, I've got a few guys out of form. And I think if, if I, um, Shubman, Gill, Tripathi and Rana can can turn up again, just one more game, I can just see Kolkata having a little bit of an edge. I know Chennai are smart, they're wily, they're old, they're, they're experienced, but I just see Kolkata having a little bit of an edge if it's a very even contest as far as the wet ball or the dew factor is concerned. So, so you're saying the weather plays a big part. You're saying the, the team that bats second's got all... Uh, that's, they'll have yeah. to rubber the yeah. rubber the ball at the moment. It so does, what happened yesterday so what, what when, happens? when they had ten from tw- they needed ten from twenty <laughs> and they still just limped over line. So what happened there? That was that just batting errors or, or things like that? Just a bit of pressure yeah. or was it the was it the yeah, there was pressure. There was pressure. There was batting errors. There's some very good bowling, um, but you just expect them to get across the line comfortably. They were what were they 123 <laughs> for two with four overs to go. So they needed 13 of four overs. And then one yeah. with a six off the second last ball. It was crazy, crazy yeah. stuff. Guys just guys <laughs> just playing shots that they shouldn't have played. Um, yeah. So, you know, they, they limped across the line in a game that they should always have won very comfortably. But what, I, what I'd say about the dew and the ball in the second innings, with that surface, it was just a sticky, horrible pitch and charger. And, and Dubai won't yeah. be like that. It'll just skid on quite nicely in the second innings. Um, and when it gets a bit damp, it's just easier to play, and that's why teams, whoever wins the toss tomorrow, I can guarantee you will bowl first, um, and they will yep. prefer to chase. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, thank you so much for those insights, Dooley, mate. We really appreciate it. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Dooley. Dooley. Thank you, mate. Legend. Mate, special time on the Baz and Izzy for breakfast show, and Louis Herman Watt, he's a big part of the show as well, mate. Special time for the Herman Watt whanau. This week we saw the All-Whites play Two rare away games and get two wins. And, well, yesterday the Football Ferns named their squad to take on the Olympic champions, Canadians. In two matches later this month, the squad is littered with international-based talent, including one familiar name to us here at the Baz and Izzy for breakfast, Talia Herman Watt, Louis' little sister. And she is with us now from Arizona State University. Good morning, Talia. Or g'day. I know it's probably afternoon over there. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, mate. Congratulations. Awesome news. How, how are you feeling? I'm pretty overwhelmed at the moment, but I'm super stoked for the opportunity and I'm going to learn so much. But yeah, I'm just super surprised, but um, overwhelmed with all the support and messages at the moment. But yeah. Oh, it's a special time for the Herman Watt family, mum and dad. Did you, were you expecting it? Was it on the radar for you? Um, yes and no. Obviously, coming to America is like kind of a hit or miss with um, New Zealand football. You don't know if you're going to be seen or like go off the radar, obviously. But I think with a new coach, he's looking for younger players and obviously international players versus like the top league in America. I think that's good for the team. And yeah, so Mm. yes and no, but I'm super, super stoked for the opportunity. Yeah. Hey, bro. Hi, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Are you always this polite or are you just putting it on because you're on the radio and mum's listening? I'm, I'm actually 
actually real. I'm actually really polite. I got voted into the culture group today for my team. <laughs> no <Just saying>. way. <laughs> <laughs> culture group. Wow, that must be that least. Yeah, bro. That, that... I'm I'm getting up there in my team at the moment. <laughs> what popularity? Are you are you the popular girl in the team? Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty popular. Not gonna lie. How about you? <laughs> well, more, more popular than you were at Leithfield Primary School, mate. You're still a bit of a dweeb. Don't worry. Bro, I was the most popular. <laughs> yeah, bossy, maybe. <laughs> anyway, we can't squabble. Just hey, a bit. it's 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 a pretty cool time for all of us. How how proud do you reckon, Mum, Mummers, and Michael as well? I think they're pretty proud. Um, I'm definitely winning in the sibling rankings now. I think. Not gonna lie, but <laughs> yeah, you are. You are hundred <laughs> percent. No, we're we're all doing really well, but yeah, I'm super super stoked for this opportunity. Uh, hey, what what was it like growing up with Louis? Tell us a wee story. Growing up with Louis, what was he like? The older um, brother. Yeah, you know, tell us tell us a few stories. Throw him under. Don't the lie. A lot of abuse. <laughs> 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 no, we had a lot of fun. A lot of banter. Um, no, he's the reason why I started playing soccer. Not gonna lie. I, both of our parents are musicians, so I could have gone down that path, but I just wanted to be in the backyard with Louis, so he would just kick balls at my head, <laughs> and I had no choice, really, so, no, no, he's a big part of this um, journey, so I'm super grateful for him. Hey, um, tell us about your, you, you ventured over to the United States, and, uh, You've gone to Arizona State University. Tell us about that, mate, the experiences you've had over in the United States and the journey, and, and tell us about it. So I couldn't go home over the summertime, so I actually caught up with family over here. Um, Louie's girlfriend's family live in Iowa, so I got to travel oh. there and be with their family. It was really lovely. Then I went to Colorado to see my best friend, Charlotte Whitaker. She plays for um, Boulder there, so I got to travel there as well. So, yeah, I'm getting a lot of um, experience over here traveling. But also the study here is really good. We just um, got in-person classes this semester, so I get to actually go and meet new people. And, um, yeah, it's super fun because the first semester we had just online classes, which was really tough, not going to lie, like only being indoors and only training. It was really tough, so... Now this semester, I actually get to meet people, so that's really nice. Yeah, and you are a people person, aren't you, Tal? So it's really cool. And yes. um, like, no matter whether you get on the field or not, I mean, being selected in the, the national side, the senior side, it was a bit out of the blue for us back here. So we're so proud of you. And we should shout out Soraya as well. Eh? We've got a younger sister who just thinks we are just <laughs> lunatics. Eh? She just she she's put together, and she just yeah. thinks we're crazy. Yeah, she's pretty. She's more onto it than. Both of us, to be honest. So, yeah, big shout out to Soraya. She's she's uh, doing really well with her chefing at the vineyard. So yeah, I'm really proud of her. Really proud of all of us. Yeah, good stuff. All right, hey, oh. thanks for th- you've been so nice. Hey. I was worried about this. Yeah, is he? yeah, yeah well, hey, thanks, I Talia. Nice person, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Talia. Like Louis is extremely proud. Before at the start of the show, you could, I could just hear it in his voice. He's uh, really proud of his younger sister, and we are here on the Baz and Izzy for breakfast. And we hope you get on. And if you do, go well. And we'll, we'll be watching with interest. Thank Thanks so much, so much for joining us.
Alright, thanks guys. Awesome. The chosen one grabbed by Very Elegant and Anthony Van Dyke. Very Elegant and Anthony Van Dyke. It's all class. Very Elegant, a neck in front. And the mayor won it. Very Elegant beat Anthony Van Dyke, the chosen one. Yeah, the chosen one. I mean, Very Elegant, she's the wonder mirror, isn't she? But how cool was it last year? At odds to see the chosen one hanging and placing in a Caulfield Cup to go on to loom up to win the Melbourne Cup. Co-trainer is Andrew Forsman. We've got Andrew on the line this morning. Morning, Andrew. Morning, boys. All right? Yeah. Fired up. Will you be getting up? Well, you're up early anyway. You'll watch the IPL final tomorrow? Yeah, we'll be watching that. We'll be in the trainer's hut. Have it on the have it on the laptop here. It'll be great. Who do you back in? Flem or, or the Skip Baz? Oh, it's got to be Baz's team, surely. Yeah. Bang on. <laughs> you got it. You got it right. He's on fire. He is on fire. Hey, um, the chosen one, talk to us about this guy because he's he's been around for a while now and he just seems to level up and level up. What would he be, six-year-old? He's still a stallion. He's, is he a, a real kind of uh, like pin-up horse for you, you and Murray there? You guys have got a real, really proud of him and what he's been able to do in the last few years? Yeah, absolutely. He's been great for the, the profile of our stable, obviously, and he's competed in Melbourne and Sydney at the highest level over a number of years now so it's not easy to do and he seems to just turn up and and put in his best every time and he, he'll always you know go well if, you know provided things are, are run to suit but you no know, he's a very genuine horse for an older stallion and he's in great form at the moment. Mate, well, what's the perfect race come Saturday for the Caulfield? I was watching that race last weekend when it flew home from last to get second place so was that an ideal position for the chosen one, or would you like it a bit more around centre, front, to fly home a bit late in that Caulfield? What's the, what's the plan going Saturday? Yeah, that's a, That's what he needs. Is So that's his better barrier draw this, on Saturday helps him a little bit, so he won't have to get too far back, because in a, a field of 18, you can't give those horses such a big start and think you're just going to round them up. Um, so you want to be sort of midfield, just one off the fence somewhere, and... The race will be run at a very steady tempo. That's the great thing. So it should just spread the field out. Hopefully you can just get the slot in perfectly and get a good drag into it and not be spotting them too much of a start turning for home. When you've got a guy like Damien Lane on, um, how much do you kind of just leave it to him? He's won a Caulfield Cup, obviously, in recent years. How much do you just kind of leave it to him to work out while he's out there? Yeah, pretty much leave it up to him now because he knows the horse. We don't need... He knows exactly how we think and how we, we think he needs to be ridden. And he, he's on the same wavelength there, and he knows the horse as well as anyone. So we're very lucky in that respect to have him. Do you think um, with the chosen one, a year older, I mean, but this is his third tilt at a Caulfield Cup, is it, Andrew? Uh, yeah, it is, yep. yep. You... And he's obviously just he's developing all the time. But, um, yeah, I, I feel like or we think that he's going as good as he ever has. Yeah, and well, look, his performances are kind of rating up to that, aren't they? Well, especially with that weight last week, I didn't really expect him to flash home the way he did chasing Delphi. So, what's the theory racing him the week before the Caulfield Cup? Is he a horse that just needs to be rock hard fit, or? Yeah, I think it is. It's just getting that extra run into him. We had to work out whether we ran the week before and gave him a two week gap, but we thought he was probably going to place having a run over the twenty four hundred. He, you know, he's had a lot of racing now. He handles it all well enough. But we, we had confidence he'd bounce through it well. It's a path we've used before, and it seems to have worked for him. Hey, mate, we've got a text message to come through. It's from Darren uh, Darren here. I've got to ask you, can you ask Andrew about Aegon? Ripper of a trail this week. All systems go again after we set back? Yeah, so he trialled um, 
uh, yesterday. He went really well, had a good hit out, pulled up well. That was the main thing, so we can't really fault him. Yeah. So we just take him back to Sydney now, Sunday week, and yeah, run in the Golden Eagle two weeks' time this Saturday. I know you have been. Mm. I've asked you this before, um, Andrew. And I don't, I'm not questioning you. I never question you. But um, I wondered about the track conditions and whether some sting out would be good. And last time you said you're not really too bothered. But are you still on that wavelength? Or do you think maybe a bit of sting out of it at, um, at the Golden Eagle? Where's that? Rose Hill? Uh, Randwick. That, yeah, Rose Hill. Rose, Rose Hill. Hill. That yeah. could help a little bit? It probably helps him because it probably slows some of the others up a little bit and he skips through it okay. So, yeah, in that respect, it does help him. Um, but he, he ran a good race in the Menzie on a firm track. Um, if, he, if he had a little bit more luck or drew a bit of a bit better barrier that day, he would have been right in the finish, I'm sure of it. So if he gets a conditions to suit, gets a good draw, um, we feel that he's going to be a very competitive shot at a seven and a half million dollar race yeah <laughs> it's, it's just it's kind of that IPL money isn't it it's not really it's more like the the uh yeah the Baz McCullum sort of wicket um is the price speaking of money the price around the chosen one you could get him at decent odds when he before this week but on the New Zealand TAB now tens and just a smidge over threes is that is that fair I mean there's a genuine chance of course he is is that about right yeah, I think that is probably about right. I think I don't know what they'll do with the favourite. That'll be interesting. He he'll either shorten people, or just put all their money on and say he's just a freak. He's the best horse in the race, and he's going to keep winning, which could easily be the case. We hope it isn't, but um, if that you know people pile onto him, um, you might get better odds on the day. Yeah, I reckon there's a Quinn there, uh, and I just it's kind of like incentivise has got to go close, but the draws. Hard to know. You assume. What do you think? Just, uh, what? What? Oh, Twenty. What? Yeah. What do you think? Do you think he'll go roll forward? Incentivise. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you were tipping the quick thinker, the chosen one. <laughs> of course, you yeah, the quick someone, thinker. We got a text. We got a text as well. He said, "Ask Andrew about quick thinker." So give us a give us a spiel on quick thinker, mate. Yeah, poor old quick thinker. Um, <laughs> what, we're just, he's hoping for rain. He's on the he's on the float. He's about to arrive at Flemington. Um, he's come yeah. down from Sydney, and yeah, we're hoping that it just pours with rain tonight and tomorrow, and that that'll bring him right into the race if that happens. Yeah, shout out, quick thinker. I hope he'll be upset. He'll be listening as well on the float. Yeah, um, yeah. Apologies, yeah. apologies, QT. Uh, but incentivise Andrew. Just your racing opinion. Do you think they'll roll forward on him? Yeah, they will. Yeah, from that's how he's raced, and he's certainly race as well doing that and there's no reason they'll change that tomorrow just um hopefully he has to do a lot of work in doing so and you know that sort of trips him up but he looks a very very good horse and yeah it could be interesting he'll either put a gap in them or he might just come back to the field tomorrow it'll be a great watch anyway yeah you're, you're exactly right and i i completely agree i hope they make him work because i think that'll be fascinating to see how tough he is because he seems, seems to just keep finding through the line every single start so if he has to use some gas i think the way that the race has been drawn probably makes it for a racing purist one of the best watches and then we got the everest tomorrow as well all the best to you mate you've got a team in here at new zealand i'm sure we'll catch up or we'll find out a bit more on the mail run as well well, all the best, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Perfect. Cheers, boys.
for Israel Dag is giving Australia nightmares in the first five or so minutes of this game. Three golden touches. That one of the best you'll ever see under pressure. Franks, wide block, Reed. Now Dag up from fullback. It's the footwork going. Israel Dag, brilliant stuff up to the 22. And the Wallabies were able to stand their ground and has this one put the nail in the coffin. Still has the fans go up. Yeah, there you go. Good memories from that great match we had at Eden Park. My good mate, he was a big part of my career. He, uh, you know, helped me along my journey. He's a big part of the bomb squad back there for the All Blacks. Corey Jane, he played outstanding throughout the whole tournament, but particularly in that match, Will Guinea was putting up bombs left, right, and centre, and CJ was eating them up all day. And, uh, Put on an absolute clinic performance, clinical performance, and got man of the match. My good mate there. So we're up. It's time for a McCafe coffee catch up with Corey Jane. Ten years tomorrow to the day, mate, since we played that game. Good morning, brother. Hey, boy. Um, I've known you for a while and we're good mates, but that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. So appreciate that. <laughs> oh, mate, I'll, I always say nice things about you when I'm talking. When I'm not with you, I always pump you up, mate. But when I'm around you, I feel yeah. like I need to get in early because, you know, you're very witted, you're very witty, yeah. and you come back pretty, yeah, you come back pretty quick, mate. But, <laughs> oi, let's talk about this ten years. Have you have you thought about it? Last couple of days, did you know it was coming around? No, I, I knew because I saw an article in the paper last week about our quarterfinal, and someone wrote mm. bringing up the story about. <laughs> me and you blowing out or you'd think it was just me because again you only had a little little piece in there Israel Dag was there too and it was all me so um I had to, I knew it was coming around because of that so yeah I want to say thank you for that mate because I said to you before that game you have to carve up and you did carve up so thank you very much you saved us from getting kicked out of the tournament from Wayne Smith but let's talk about that week mate we're leading into the semi-final what are your memories from that week and, and the game in particular? Oh, I knew we were, because um, Aussie and uh, Africa played each other, I knew we were excited to play Aussie and we wanted to play Aussie because um, we lost to them uh, in Brisbane that year um, in the Tri-Nations and they ended up mm. winning it. So, um, you know, it was, it was kind of cool to get an opportunity to play them again um, in the World Cup and kind of, right that wrong of losing that game in Brisbane and losing the Tri-Nations Cup to them. Um, I think the team was excited and, uh, you know, we were quite glad to play them. What about the leading up to that game, mate? Obviously, you just spoke about it before, being under pressure. I know for myself, I knew I had to really put on a performance to reward the players and, and the country after what went on in that quarterfinal when we made a mistake. But what, what, what were you feeling like leading into that game? Were you, did you feel a wee bit of pressure or... Just said, nah, it's just another game. We're, we're all good. Uh, the, to be honest with you, like pressure is quite fun. Like I, en- I enjoy mm. pressure when it's when you're playing against tough games or uh, you know opponents that are real hard or individuals. You know, that that excites me. So I, I kind of enjoy that because it's kind of fulfills the you know the competitiveness 
um, to go out there and obviously play well but not get embarrassed by uh, the opposition. So I don't mind the pressure too much. Obviously, it was a different pressure than the week before. <laughs> but, uh, no, that kind of that excites me, that kind of hard games, top games, and kind of I feel like I've played my best when it's when it was like that. What about the game, mate? I remember just standing next to you. Will Guinea was putting them up. Digby Ioane was chasing everything. But you just ate it up, mate. You just catching everything. I was just standing there in awe, watching my mate with a bleeding nose, cut on his eye, guard up and just catching everything. What were your memories from that, bro? No, well, that's our, our job. I mean, we, uh, as mm. the, in the back three, and I mean, the games were, back then it was a bit more kicking uh, than it was at the... 2015 World Cup and kicks are starting to come a little bit now as well but our job I know we spoke as we called ourselves the bomb squad and I think South Africa got some forwards that call them now um, so they're part two but you know we called ourselves <laughs> the bomb squad me you and Tux and, and the rest of the back three and you know our goal our job was to catch 100% of the ball um, when it was kicked to us because uh, you know if you, if you can do that then ideally teams stop kicking it to you and um, you can put them under more pressure but so that was my job to catch them. Um, I was lucky enough, you know, closed my eyes and jumped up there and managed to catch them all. Um, but it was it was a fun game. I broke my nose, like you said, uh, running the ball into Anthony Fainga, and he smoked me and that cut my nose and broke it. But um, mate, it was a good game. I, I enjoyed it. It was kind of like, even though the score wasn't massive, we kind of beat them in every aspect of the game, and um, you know, it was it was fun to be a part of. Do you, uh, you've played over 50 tests for the All Blacks, mate. Do you think that was the most complete game that you've played for yourself, uh, playing in many, many test matches? If I, th- if I look on the outside in, I'd say that was your probably most complete game you've played. Oh, I don't know if it was thing. You know, you have some uh, big games that stand out, and I think for me that that game stands out. For me, um, early on in that year, we played South Africa in Wellington, and and I was playing crap with the Hawks, uh, well, from the Hawks Bay. Um, I'm in close to Hawks Bay at the moment. Uh, I with the <laughs> Hurricanes, and then, um, you know, when I was didn't think I was going to make the All Blacks, and then I played that game, that South African game, and uh, did well. So that game stands out, but this game does stand out just because, um, you know, how how big it was, you know, World Cup semi final. And, and like I said, we, we did beat them in most aspects of the game, and, um, you know, I happened to play okay too. and you know, got me in a match, but um, you know, <laughs> that's a different story. I don't even know why I brought that up. Um, but you know, it was it was fun to it was fun to be a part of Israel. So um, you know, it did, it did stand out. Mate, I get asked about Wayne Smith all the time, and, and just you know his ability to get the best out of players. And for us, I always remember the story when we'd be warming up for training every single day, and he'd come over and rip us to shreds. Can you tell him why he used to he used to rip us out before trading? Yeah, because he thought that we would muck around and would drop a ball or anything like that, and you know it's warming up and you're not supposed to. You're supposed to be switched on. And I remember one time um, we didn't even drop a ball. Or like I know I didn't. You probably do because you muck around all the time. I but definitely he didn't. Came over, <laughs> no, and he came over and absolutely lit us up, and he's like, "He's mucking around. Balls are dropping everywhere," and we're just looking at something like. He haven't even dropped the ball. What are you talking about? But that's the way he did it. You know, he's he's an intense man. I think um, that's why guys, I think, enjoyed playing with him, you know, especially when they did defense because um, 
you know, the intensity that he that he brings. And I remember the story. I was early on and I was playing wing and I hadn't played it too much with the All Blacks and we were in Eden Park and <laughs> I got skinned down the edge by one of our other wingers because you know, it was just a training run against each other. And T-Bomb, Ted was on the other side of the field and he was like, Smithy, sort that beeping winger out. And, uh, <laughs> and then he had to walk over and everyone stopped and was just staring at me and I was head down going, oh no. And Smithy took me away and did some training drills with me to just it was embarrassing because everyone was watching. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, good fun, eh? Good fun. Well, can you tell the story about when we were doing high balls and Steve comes over? Oh, yeah, we're in... Uh, great story. Um, we're in um, Argentina, eh? And we're doing uh, high ball practice. And, you know, there's, there's a couple other guys in the team that, you know, drop high balls and probably don't have a good technique. And I like to think that I'm not too bad in the air, um, you know, and, and uh, my technique's all right. So we were jumping, doing high ball technique, and um, Shag just felt like he had to critique someone. So he came over to me, and he was like, Serge, I'm here. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, when, when you jump, get your legs a little bit, you know, side on more and, uh, and push them away. And I was just like, oh, okay. Then and all the boys, there was Izzy, Jules, and he was just cracking up laughing at me because he was trying to critique me. And Jules almost spins around when he catches, and... Is his tongue hanging out, and he never said anything about him. But was, I don't know if he's caught a high ball in his life, but um, he tried to help me. I was, what was I, 32 by then? So, old dog, new tricks. I wasn't going to oh. learn anything else. Oh, man, it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. We've got many and many memories, mate, but let's go back to this game. Richard Kahui, mate, how important was he to the, to the bomb squad? Someone that's played a lot at centre, and, and, you know, he gets thrown out there on the, on the wing, on the left wing. And he goes extremely well, mate. What what are your thoughts on Richie? No, I think, and I haven't actually played from in Japan when I went there too. But he is one of the most competitive people you you know. So um, yeah. he kind of he's a natural talent. Like he's for guys that have or people that have watched him play rugby, they know that he's physical and he's a big tackler and he's quite a big human. But he's got little talents. Like he's he's great at passing the ball both sides. He can kick off both feet. Like little things that you probably don't notice, and his game understanding um, just suited him being able to play centre, suited him out of being able to play wing. And, you know, if we had a game plan where we were going to chase kicks all day, well, he was going to do that as well. So I just thought he was, you know, at the beginning of the campaign, everyone was you know, Mills and you, and there was a couple other wingers and Toyava, and, you know, we were all jamming around to see who was going to be the, the number one Um starters and then he just really took off and he was that physical kind of workhorse on that side of the field and then he had me on the other side which was a little bit smaller but you know did my job and we kind of looked after you in the middle because who knows what you were doing um <laughs> you didn't really prep for games you just off the cuff so we had to kind of look after you but I think it suited it, uh, our game quite well um no, oh, you, know, you always got to have a little decent. stab in the dark there. No, well, no, I've got well, a text here. I've got a text here. That's true, mate. <laughs> it's not true, mate. Talk us through this. I've got a text from Brad. Talk us through your dreads, CJ. The dreads. Well, it was, this was in 2007, so I was a sex symbol. But, um, <laughs> no, nah, I just thought I had, uh, <laughs> I'd never had them before. Right? And I'd seen people have them, and I thought they look cool, and so I grew my hair. And um, threw them in there, 
and I had them for about eight months. Um, I'm a big, I have baths every night. I love baths, sit in the baths 30, 40 minutes and just, you know, relax and keep myself out of the world. But the problem with that is that your dreads get absolutely soaked and then you go to bed and you wake up and your pillow's all smud, uh, smudged and smells like a wet dog. And um, so, and then I keep thinking that I was like Ma'a Nunu or Tana Umanga and then I keep looking at the photos and they weren't that pretty. So I cut them off. Um, I made the right, I made an executive decision uh, to get rid of them and uh, haven't looked back. CJ, you're you're too good, mate. This is this is brilliant. I've got we've dug a couple of things out of the archives. We need to play to you. So first of all, I don't know what it is about you and Izzy, but you guys love the this phrase "sex simple." Have a listen to this. Oh, Izzy, I want to know what you're really about. So I'm asking you this question: What would you change about yourself? First of all, CJ, I'm a sex symbol. I wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> so that's, that's on, <laughs> online for everyone to see and watch and hear. That's Israel Dad calling himself a sex symbol. And then the other one, CJ, I need to ask you about. Do you remember? This ball is cool off. Do, this ball, do, do you remember this part of the game um, in the semi final? The phases for the All Blacks. Now we go back, and it's Dad with the drop goal. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I don't remember that actually. What is he doing? A drop goal? Is he in the pocket screaming for it and he's shanked it? You, you, you explain, is he? What, how bad was that? Oh, I was in the pocket and Cruden obviously pumped one through the middle. I tried to have a crack because you remember when I carved you up in training, I pumped it down the middle from 50? You carved me up. <laughs> you remember, remember we had that drop kick comp? No, I don't remember, Israel. No, I don't. Oh, I've got the video proof. Yeah, I'll put it up. But say, anyway, I tried yeah, to. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> I had the drop kick. I had the drop kick in that game, and I shanked it, mate. Anyway, anyway, that's enough of that. Oi, mate, I want to ask you quickly before we let you go. Ma'anonu playing for East Coast. What's your take on that? And have you thought about maybe lacing up the boots for Horofanua Kapiti, bro? No, I don't play rugby anymore. This old carcass is no good. <laughs> I can't run lateral. You should have seen, you've seen my last three years playing rugby. At a professional level, I couldn't do anything. Um... Good, good, isn't it? Uh, I, I hear um, his words were that he'd come back and play if uh, Jose, big Jose Gear, was going to play. Mm. So I think they're both on the pitch. I've just seen their team too. So Papili Lavave's uh, old Hurricanes Chiefs man, he's coming back to play for them as well this week. He's, he's on the pitch. So, mate, how good that um, you know some of these top guys, even though they're at the end of their career, can go and play some of these the Heartland games and just get the crowd and get all the morale of the players excited so um made it awesome I, I can't wait to see it yeah mate i'm the same i'm the same i try to get uh Ma'a on the show but you know Ma'a, he doesn't like doing media hopefully yeah. one day he reckons <laughs> but um <laughs> no, i really appreciate yeah, your time, you're going, you're your going, time how see. much you paying me is he yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what he said he doesn't do anything <laughs> yeah. how much yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So there you go, Sam. If you're in Australia, we might might have to pay Ma'a. But anyway, um, thanks very much, brother. Appreciate your time. You're a good man, and uh, look forward to seeing you very soon, bro. See you, bro. Take care.